Deeper Life Radio, episode number 107. Will and I are here with a special guest, Mr. Ken Kelly. Say hi to the to the folks, Ken. Good morning, everybody. Mm-hmm. God, he's got that radio um, voice, bro. <laughs> slowly, it's Fit for Life Radio with your hosts, Ken and Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not back next week. No. <laughs> now you get kicked out. So Ken is a client of ours at Coastal Strength and Fitness. That's how we met him, got to know him. It's been about a year that he's been at Coastal. Ken, uh, you want to kind of go over maybe maybe your, your vitals there, fill in everyone, your, your circumstances, and kind of how you found us? Well, it's kind of a long story. but um, We got time, Ken. <laughs> I'll give you guys the Reader's Digest version. <laughs> <laughs> I found Coastal Fitness because... Um, I'd heard a few things about Coastal, real challenging. So I walked in the door and met Diego. He signed me up for the one-month plan. And, you know, I could say the rest is history, but the uh, exercises at uh, Coastal have been far superior to uh, any other place I've been as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I've been to places that just, for the most part, you walk in the door and... It's a vending machine. You walk in, it, read the instructions on the machines, and have at it. And form doesn't really matter to anybody else in there. But I've come to learn from Coastal that form does. Um, went to another place. A lot of isometric exercising. Now, don't get me wrong. Isometric exercising built Charles Atlas. Made a fortune off of that, I think. But uh, isometric kind of gets old. And Coastal, we, yeah. switch, <laughs> we switch things up every so often. And at least ways that's the way it's been for the past year. So, Coastal's my new home. Nice. So, um, when you, now, how old are you, Ken? Well, I try not to say this too loud, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'm 67 and a half years old now. Yeah. So, you, nobody can see him, but nobody would believe that. Yeah. If you I, saw him. I didn't either. And, and I think it's, you know, important for listeners because a lot of people, one of the biggest uh, obstacles, so right now in the fitness world, which is relatively young, right? We didn't really, you know, back in the 70s is really when bodybuilding, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the the movies, he got brought to light. But the problem with that is people connect uh, weightlifting and resistance training with like big, hulky, huge bodybuilders and movie stars. So most people who maybe just want to age healthier and be stronger and more toned, they avoid resistance training and weight training. And the reality is it's super helpful and it's actually more important as we age because when we're younger in our 20s, we naturally will maintain muscle a little more, we're more active. Whereas uh, as we age, our lifestyles become more sedentary and it's more important for us to seek out outlets to challenge our bodies and so that we don't just waste away scarsapenia and all that. Mm-hmm. So, Ken, what I believe you were in the military, so that obviously that sets a foundation of activity, but what has you seeking out, you know, hey, I'm going to go find a gym, or even more, I'm going to go to this group training gym with coaching and accountability and a higher price point and invest in myself. What kind of got you, you know... What, you know, what did, kick-started that? Yeah. Well, my before picture that I've published, you know, back in 2013, shows me holding a microphone. I'm singing. I do like to sing a lot. 
Anyway, I'm also a DJ and have to carry equipment around and set it up. Part of setting it up is getting down on the floor. Whenever you get that kind of weight and you get down on the floor, you better have a plan on how you're going to get back up because it's a struggle. Yeah, it would take me two hands pulling myself and working a foot up underneath me to, um, you just know, to stand back up. Just to stand back up. And by the way, for those that haven't seen that picture, at the time it was 275 pounds. That's a lot of weight to be pushing around. How tall are you? I'm five foot seven. Okay. So, yeah, like, my kindred spirit. And on our website, GhostlefitnessVA.com, in the success story blog, there's a you can see the picture. Member spotlight, Ken Kelly. Yeah. There you are, 2013, 275 pounds. And then there's a picture of you now, 2021, at 202 pounds, and you're deadlifting. This is at Coastal, trap bar deadlifting, a lot of weight there. Yeah, yeah. I think it says the exact amount somewhere in here. Yeah, that uh, large trap bar, I deadlifted 305. There it is. Yeah, and I understand that particular trap bar is pretty easy to lift, so I've been, you know, going to the smaller that trap bar. That low bars. bar making it harder? Oh, yeah. It, just the other day, I managed to do six uh, reps at 275 yeah. before I wore out. The Which week. is legit when you're going down. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a couple inches lower. Oh, yeah, it, it is. I, I'm going to tell you, it, that thing's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's funny how yeah. just that little bit of distance on a lift like that can make so much mm-hmm. of a difference. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've gone around to other gyms and watched guys set their weights up for uh, deadlifts. And some of them will put 245-pounders, stack 245-pounders, mm-hmm. and set their weights on top of them mm-hmm. to um, get them started for the most part. Of course, the guys I see do that usually stand about 6'5". Yeah, exactly. So, I say, there's reasons for it. If mm-hmm. you're taller, sure. you know, sort of increase the range of motion, or if maybe some people have mobility limitations mm-hmm. and uh, they shouldn't be pulling from the floor. And that's one of the reasons we got that bigger bar was like, Mm -hmm. if you're 6'5", and we have some taller people at the gym, it's just safer to pull from that higher Mm -hmm. spot. But if you're short, like (laughs) we are, like we don't really need to pull from, you know, basically right under our knees so we can use a regular trap bar. Well, to help me out, I do take my shoes off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that loses an inch in height for the most part. (laughs) That's true. And it gives you some better stability. (laughs) Yeah, not to mention that better stability because my shoes are... I need a pair of shoes for Christmas, Santa. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see it what you can do. You <laughs> might be listening. Yeah, somebody will be listening out there. But, uh, yeah, my shoes are getting spongy. Mm-hmm. I've got to take them off for the most part to maintain balance. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's another reason I sought out the um, fitness lifestyle. Uh, balance. And also, um, after I started pursuing the fitness lifestyle, I got with a personal trainer and was told, go get a physical. I did get a physical, and the doctor says, Ken, I hear something, and sent me over to a cardiologist. Well, I spend about two months with a cardiologist, and at the end of all the tests and everything, she looks me in the eye and says, change your lifestyle, otherwise I'm going to put you on yeah. alpha b- blockers. And how, how old were you at this point? At, at that point, I was 59. Okay. So that was, what, about eight years ago. And I changed my lifestyle immensely. I had to do it slowly. Um, whenever I did the stress test, you know, it's a good thing that nurse was about two and a half times bigger than me. (laughs) 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 That uh, treadmill on full incline and me running, you know, full speed, Mm -hmm. that wears you out fast. Yeah, they push you, man. Yeah, yeah, they do. You know, I lived through it, obviously. I'm here talking. So, but anyway, I changed my lifestyle and started pursuing the fitness lifestyle for the most part. So that, uh, what was the first thing you did? What was the first change you made? Like right after, like. I got a stress test. I got told I need to do something different. 
the first thing I started doing was walking. Perfect. And, um, you know, my wife and I over the years had been running earlier, mm-hmm. but we just kind of let it uh, slide for the most part. We used to live down in Savannah, Georgia. We'd get up every morning before work and go run a couple of miles. But uh, after we moved up here, something happened that um, we just didn't. Well, you get shaken out of your routine, yeah, well, and it yeah. takes effort to get back into that routine. And mm-hmm. yeah. All yeah. your environment changes. Well, not to mention, it's warmer down in Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> That's also true. Yep. So, anyway, but yeah, kind of let ourselves go and cause that um, weight to come back on. Yeah, and one key thing there is, you know, we talked about this in a recent podcast, especially with men for whatever reason, they won't start until something drastic happens, you know? So, you know, and, and it's important to learn from that. Hey, let's do things in your 30s and 40s to help prevent, uh, you know, having to have these drastic. Yeah, having an emergency when happen. you're in your 50s. And then, like mm-hmm. you said, or from your experience, you know, and this is something we preach the power of consistency, right? And it's mm-hmm. not so much that you, you know, during times of transition and change, it's easy to fall off. Whereas if you could have, kept walking or just doing a little something that keeps keeps everything in line a little more mm. um so yeah that power of consistency and it's never never too late to start right because now i mean you live and breathe the lifestyle you know you got your your biceps popping out there and <laughs> we'll, we'll get into some nutrition stuff but you're i mean you're thriving right now yeah you're, you're thriving oh, yes. and it doesn't matter if you you know if you missed a whole decade and things went south and um and for example, I know you had mentioned how even the ebbs and flows within doing this stuff, you mentioned how over COVID you had gained some weight, right? Oh, yes. And then, and then this year you kind of lined things back up, knocked it, you know, knocked the weight back off. What, um, when that happens for you now, so obviously you have confidence in what you need to do and you were aware of what happened during COVID, like you were, you know, just at home more, inside more, you start eating more, but what do you personally do now to kind of manage your, your body weight and, and, and get to where you want to be? Well, after the past year, you know, for the most part, I've been tracking using uh, myplate.gov. You know, the other one out there is what, Fitness Pal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both basically the same. Um, I track what I eat, and I try to keep, um, keep conscious of how much I eat. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's key yeah you know, because if, if you eat too much you know well they say too much of a good thing can be bad for you <laughs> absolutely as yeah, evidenced so, by america <laughs> yeah the education in that arena for the most part has been uh, has been key you know you can go out and have a piece of cheesecake just don't eat the whole thing yeah okay or watch the slice that's handed to you you know if somebody is uh, getting ready to slice a piece for you. Say, well, no, make it mine a little thinner. Mm-hmm. Okay, just watch how much you eat. You can eat just about anything you want, but it's the amount for the most part. That very, pretty much sums it all up. Yeah. <laughs> nutrition. And, and you know, I'm watching that now. I'm not tracking. I haven't been tracking for two weeks, and my weight is pretty much constant. Mm-hmm. So when you say that. Um, you're not tracking your food intake, but are you are still tracking your yeah. body weight, right? Oh, yes. Whenever I say I'm not tracking my mm-hmm. food intake, I'm not physically putting it down. Yep. But I'm Which, not 
unconsciously yeah. walking to the refrigerator or the pantry and grabbing a little, you know, a little yeah. bite to eat. You know, the BLTs, I think you've mentioned once before, and other programs, bites, licks, and tastes, mm-hmm. they all add up. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And I think so. and that's one place we want people to get. And that's a, tracking is a great tool, and it helps you learn and bring super awareness. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, you, sh- you shouldn't need to track forever. But one thing we do think is very simple and helpful, and again, not for everyone, but for most people, they should probably continue tracking their body weight. For one, it's mm-hmm. easy. It's cheap. It's yep. free. But it brings an overall level of awareness to, to where, you know, no one, whenever we gain 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, things get out of control. I've never met anyone that gained that amount of weight and was weighing in every day. And because, saw it happen yeah, every single day. Because no one's going to watch, because we kind of, in the back of our mind, know the decisions that would make mm-hmm. a difference. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a good yeah way to keep it simple and kind of manage um, your body weight once you get to your, to your goal. And you've probably built mm-hmm. a pretty good like routine and you know have foods that you regularly go to. Mm-hmm. And then for you, if you go out, like not being unreasonable. You know, not eating a whole cheesecake, but just getting a small slice, enjoying it, and moving on. Yeah, yeah. E- even going out to eat, you know, Mexican restaurant. There were times in the past that my wife and I would sit there, devour one basket of chips, and they'd bring mm-hmm. us another. Pretty soon, it's gone too. Yeah. And two or three margaritas a piece, of, you know, later. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And again, that's. <laughs> yep. You know, that could be twenty five hundred calories. Oh my gosh. For dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's twenty five hundred calories for the margarita. Boy, yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> one by itself. God. Oh and but that's that's where it easily adds up, right? And then, um, and then we're not weighing in daily, so we don't think about it. And we yeah. do that often, and here we are. Well, I do have a routine every morning after I exercise at the gym. Yeah, well, um, you normally come at what five 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 fifteen? Okay. Every morning I go home, yeah, strip down to put some dry clothes on, of course, and I step on the scales and take a look. And that's my time to check the scales. Sometimes I'll check the scales in the evening to see, you know, how much weight I may have gained just through my daily consumption. Sometimes I'm surprised I weigh less in the evening mm-hmm. than I did in the morning. Mm-hmm. And even though I've consumed a lot, it's because of my daily activity, which I'm cognizant of too. Kind of track you like, that mentally. Okay, so you don't track your steps or anything, but you uh, just... Well, the, the iPhone tracks all the steps. Okay, cool. But um, we were religiously getting out and walking whenever the weather was a little warmer. And getting at least 10,000 steps. And by the end of the day, I'd look to see what my total step count was, and it was nearly 20,000. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one of the exercises out there that will wear off calories real quick is just walking. 100%. Get, get, get off the couch, you know, take those roots, <laughs> snip yep. them off, get off the couch, and get out and walk a little bit. And you will burn some calories. Yeah, I mean, ultimately our neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis that portion of our metabolism burns way more calories than our exercise. Our activity. workouts, yeah. yeah. It's so it's you know just move throughout the day. It's probably the the, the biggest piece of the pie as far as like mm-hmm. calories and burned. it's low impact. Mm-hmm. It's our def- we're made to walk, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's something we should be doing, and most people don't spend much time. And doing it's it. free. Yeah. Yep. Just go. That's mm-hmm. it. It doesn't cost a thing. Get out and walk. Yeah. And then you can start folding in some of the mental benefits of being outside, mm-hmm. breathing fresh and getting air, sunlight. getting sunlight, and it starts to be double, triple. It's just the total package, man. Benefit. It really is. Like, there's so much you can get from just going outside and walking um, at some point in the day. Yeah. 
and sometimes you can become a leader in the neighborhood. Next thing you know, yep. other folks are out walking. Yeah. You know, you That's take r- a little time to stand there and watch. Mm-hmm. You know, next thing you see is folks going by your house. You know, we live in a double cul-de-sac area. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. We, we've got one mile from one cul-de-sac to the other and back. Yeah. That's pretty. That's actually so. dope. You got a little loop. Mm-hmm. That's what it I is. I like that. I have no idea what my neighborhood is. <laughs> I should probably measure it. Yeah, you have to live in like a townhouse, right? Yeah. So, but there's like a there's a loop. Yeah. You know, it's like just a straight circle. Um, I'll have to check it. We got two guys that walk every single day together for at least an hour. Yeah. And I like to think that that's what my future is going to be. And just now, me and Gary walking every morning <laughs> when we're like sixty years old. <laughs> Two little chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm ready. Yeah, don't, don't ever give up. You know, one of my inspirations, I, I think about whenever I was uh, active duty and stationed in Germany, we'd go on uh, what's called folks marches. Folks marches. Yeah, folks mean people. Go on those marches anywhere from 5K, 10K, 15, 20K. And, you know, there's beer tents along the way, so you can stop and get a little refreshment if you like. Yeah, especially a beer tent at the end, you know. (laughs) But anyway, I looked at a lot of those folks, and it's kind of like, these people out here walking, their legs don't look like their uppers, you know. Mm -hmm. Their uppers look like they were in their 90s, and their legs look like they were in their teens, for the most part. Those folks get out and march, you know, at least once a week and go those long distances. And that's a bit of an inspiration. Yeah. Another inspiration that came came up the other night, uh, what was it? Uh, it wasn't 60 Minutes. I'll think of the uh, woman's name that hosted the interview, but folks in Sardinia. Mm-hmm. Uh, has Sardinia has more centurions than any place else on the planet. There's got to be a reason for that. And what, you know, a few clips I saw, those folks stayed active. Mm-hmm. It's the key, man. Yeah, you got to stay yeah. active. And, you know, I'm studying the uh, Senior Fitness Manual, you know, by ACE. And one of the charts that uh, I looked at last night, you've got about 65% of the people out there that are um, just coasting along for the most part. Some of them may have a cane, uh, but they're still somewhat independent, but uh, fading fast. Now, the population is kind of large, but then it filters down to those that are uh, frail and pretty much... Uh, need assistance with all of the, uh, how do they call it, ADLs? Mm-hmm. All your daily stuff. Yeah, activities of daily living. Uh, they need assistance with that for whatever reason. Uh, some of them are in wheelchairs, some of them are behind walkers, some are missing limbs. Uh, some uh, have sub- succumbed to diseases. So, But then there's that 5%. And I'd like to think that because what I've been doing, I'm probably, you know, just Right there at that 5%, yeah. which is the phys- physically uh, fit elite for the most part in the senior mm-hmm. territory. It didn't say where that senior range starts as far as age goes, but mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that it's somewhere around 60 to 65. I mean, really, I would say nowadays you could almost say it's 25 and up, right? Yeah. Because of the way people just, you know, once they kind of hit that corporate world, people just stop moving, stop doing things, and that really starts the process. It starts it. to decline quick. Yeah. Yeah, there's some of it that's starting in high school. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of it in grade school. Yeah. It, they, they feel fine or they think they feel fine, and I don't need to exercise. You know, I'm strong enough. I can get around. You know, I'm still walking. I'm still yeah. breathing. Um, 
they just don't know what the ramifications are. And whenever I mentioned earlier that, you know, we're products of our environment, mm -hmm. if um, I'd been in an environment younger, when I was younger, mm -hmm. that um, promoted physical fitness, I would be more fit today than what I am now. Oh, but I was not in an environment like that. The only fit, fitness training I received was in high school. That's because I decided to go out for the football team. And the football team looked at me and says, go over here to the wrestling team and get in shape first. <laughs> we are built like wrestlers at 5'7". Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's basically where I started. Yeah. And you, you know, talk about environment. Would people, we have to shift our perception. When, and even when I was younger, when you thought of someone in their 60s, 50s, 60s, you would think of, oh, it, we almost accept that you're supposed to be frail and unable to move. And, and that's just part of life. Don't, don't pick anything up. And, and so that starts to become, oh, well, that's just being older, right? But the reality is, and now this is one of the benefits of social media and just our ability to see more. You know, I see guys like Mark Sisson, you know, with Primal, um, what's his business? Primal. Uh, uh, primal. Primal something. Primal Anyways, Blueprint, and, Primal Foods. Yeah, and he's in his <laughs> mid-60s and doing stuff that he's been doing since he was 30, right? Mm -hmm. And he's been able to maintain that. So our body adapts to what we do. And you talk about like going for walks around the neighborhood. I always remind myself when I'm doing, so you, so we know the default is most people become inactive, definitely aren't resistance training. And yeah, we end up in pain and, and can't walk and severe limitations. So when I'm walking around the neighborhood, which you know there's hundreds and hundreds of people that live there and I barely maybe see more than 10 of them yep hmm. and it's like i remind myself this is like you said the five percent there's very these are the things if you want a different result you have to have a different process right you bet so for me it's like hey taking this daily walk for the next 30 years is what's going to help me be able to do the same stuff i do now and at 36 as when i'm 60. that's probably one of the biggest difference makers yeah. is maintaining that across your lifetime hmm. and then you know i firmly believe and i mean we you know, the perfect example is co coastal strength and fitness. That's what's great, right? You're in there, you know, 5.15 a.m., and there's people from 25 years old to, to all the way up, and no one's, everyone's held to, hey, we're meeting you where you're at, what are you physically capable of? But it's not, it's like learn to do the movement right and correct and what you're capable of. And then, yeah, you're in there pushing, hey, let me get as strong as, as I can, and someone else is working on the same thing and like you said it's just all the environment of of activity and physical fitness and um encouraging people to get stronger and move better mm -hmm. and then that's going to plant in your mind this is normal yeah you i know i think the environment thing that he mentioned like if he was in a better you know environment when he was younger would help and i think it's like you, culturally it's almost like there's people that like I don't know. People think the baseline is like not doing anything. And then the people who are really into exercise, they're the ones who work mm -hmm. out where it should be like, like a, a base level of everybody's physically active as a human being. Like it's just what we do because it's what our bodies need. And it is going to require a shift that I don't think we're ready for culturally of everyone to just like, mm -hmm. this is what you do, you know? Um, and it, you know, you see things like, I mean, PE in school is like a good way to get people moving, but how many people don't even do PE anymore? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you can opt out really easy. Like, oh, my son or daughter doesn't do PE. 
well, that's like key to being a human, and we're cutting that off at the legs. Um, yeah. You know, so I think it would be beneficial if we, you know, made that shift to where it's just what we all do. Um, and, of course, like we can all do our part, which we do, uh, but it definitely is an uphill battle. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of folks, and there are some folks out there that are young that pursue the uh, physical fitness lifestyle, and their children are starting to well key in on that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a lot of folks opt out of PE in high school. They'll opt out for several reasons. One, you know, the same thing that adults do, they think that you got to be in shape to be in the gym for the most part. You mm-hmm. go to the gym to get into shape. Um, that's one. Number two is modesty, um, being self-conscious. 100%. All, all of that. But if their parents had been um, conscious enough to pursue a physical fitness lifestyle, the children are going to follow along. 100%. So, well, th- not 100%. Well. <laughs> they've got a, they stand a better chance. Definitely a better so, chance. So there's no guarantees in life. Uh, pursue the physical fitness lifestyle will definitely make whatever condition you may have, whether you're ill or you're healthy, uh, it'll definitely cushion the blow on illness for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's everyone's best chance for that. Uh, the past few years since I've been pursuing the uh, fitness lifestyle, I think I've been to the doctor a couple of times, and you, what I would think would be a sinus infection actually just turns out to be you know, a common cold, you know, no flu, no strep or anything like that, done in three days. Yeah, then I wait for next year. Yeah, <laughs> you're just more robust. You handle everything better. Yep. Yeah. So. Because people don't realize that's kind of how exercise works. Mm-hmm. It, it actually, it almost, you know, creates a stimulus to your body that breaks it down a little. And your body goes, oh, I wasn't prepared for that. I need to rebuild. So you're kind of challenging your immune system and it makes it more robust. Yeah. Well, you, I got to thinking about... Um, one of the guys that we studied while we were in high school, Ponce de Leon, you know, he was always in quest for the uh, fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize it, but he was carrying it with him. And I, I've come to think of the fountain of youth as being the blood flowing through our veins. If we yes. keep if we keep it moving at a rapid uh, pace, then our immune system can work on all the areas. But if you get sedentary, the blood slow the blood flow slows down. And the areas that end up infected don't heal anywhere near as fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good way to think about that, and this, of course, is way more nuanced, but think of flowing water versus stagnant pond. You bet. Yeah. Flowing water is, you know, for the most part going to be clean and clear. And then, you know, if a pond is just sitting there, (laughs) you know, things can grow and the environment becomes not quite as sustainable as Mm -hmm you know, moving water. That's a good analogy. You know, I've been on hikes with the Boy Scouts, and we got lost one year in the Shawnee National Forest. We ran out of water in our canteens, and we come across a flowing creek, and we all just kind of looked at one another. Who's who's got the uh, purification tablets? Scoutmaster says, you don't need those here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bend down and take a drink. Yeah, for water like that, you don't need it. Yeah, it it was flowing, and talk about something that tasted good, too. I bet. (laughs) Yeah, but if it was, you know, a puddle of water, you better get those no. babies out. <laughs> yeah, the puddle, puddles of water, we pulled out the purification tablets. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, what's going on there with the body is your our blood, we deliver nutrients through our blood, and our heart 
pumps the blood, right? Mm -hmm. So if you exercise, your heart rate increases and it pumps more blood, delivers more nutrients. And then longer term, so then a lot of people will say, oh, but if your heart's beating more, you only have so many beats. But <laughs> the reality is you, now you're exercising your heart, it gets stronger. It's able to pump more blood with per, less beats per beat. So then when you're not exercising, which is majority of the time, your actual, your resting heart rate goes down, but you're getting more stronger, you know, pumps per beat. Yeah. And yeah, so again, you're, you're getting better blood flow and nutrient delivery um, through being in shape. And you, you bet. And another thing too, is like you mentioned nutrients being delivered. It's also like the opposite, like part of the process of living, like there is waste, especially when you work out and you move and being able to clear that effectively, which happens only by, you know, moving ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, our mm -hmm. lymph system and stuff mm -hmm. doesn't have a pump. The only pump for it is our muscles contracting. So if we're not moving and contracting, mm -hmm. then we're not clearing that waste very well. Yep. And yep. that is a big part of movement and why not moving, like people start to feel bad and, you know, diseases and disorders start to creep up when there's a lack of movement in a body. Well, one thing I've would like to study is how many folks who are in shape end up with bypasses mm -hmm. whether it be carotid artery or you know one of the four arteries around the heart mm -hmm. uh, everybody that i've seen that needed bypasses for the most part they weren't quite in shape yeah um my dad i i watched him at i think he was what uh 65 mm -hmm. ended up going in for um, a bypass when they got in there they said well <clears throat> this is going to be a quad Oh yeah. yeah, all four. And that arteries, happens, man. Yeah. yeah, all four were plugged. Yeah, and with the blood flow though, if you keep it pumping, I got a funny feeling you're going to keep a lot of that plaque washed out of there for sure. And when you they do studies with uh, indigenous tribes, you know, that still live hunter gatherers and all that, these things don't exist. Yep. They they literally, you know, they'll run, do do all the um, tests on them, and you know, from the young to the elder, there's no. Heart, heart disease. Attacks. There's no heart disease. There's no, I mean, it just doesn't exist. And they'll even ask about, hey, some of the symptoms, have you ever seen people just, you know, go, and there's no reports of it. And yeah, a lot of that's yeah, just they're moving also, all the also time. No obesity. Yeah. They're also moving and walking all the time. They're also uh, eating whole foods and not. And don't have the stresses of our modern lifestyle, which, mm -hmm. you know, can be a detriment yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, there's no guarantees. Uh, early on in my aviation career, I think I was stationed at Fort Campbell maybe two months, and we went on a field training exercise. Two of the pilots uh, crashed in one, one aircraft. Autopsies were done on the pilots to try to figure out the cause of the crash. One of the pilots was in such pristine physical uh, shape that um, they were scratching their heads as to why he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me back up. He died in the crash, but whenever they opened up his chest, they discovered a defect in his heart that within about three years would have killed him. Mm -hmm. But his physical fitness level, um, for the most part, yeah. masked it. Yeah. Um, go see the doctor and get yourself checked out once a year. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, those little defects they can catch, you know, and then you can... Mm -hmm. Or like in your case, then 
it might give you the kick in the butt that you need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that little lady standing there, <laughs> shaking yeah. her finger at me. Yeah. Change your lifestyle, otherwise I'm going to put you on alpha block. And I'm yeah. and I'm glad that you you know went for the lifestyle because mm-hmm. you know there there's always a time and a place for things like alpha blockers, beta blockers, all of that. But mm-hmm. like lifestyle is really the only lasting. Yeah, that's the big thing. true solution. Choose a lifestyle and pursue it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What um. Now, when you were, what's your military career history like? Well, the first nine years I spent as a uh, fire control instrument repairman, small arms repairman, and I finally made my way to flight school. Flight school was pretty demanding. Was that in Florida? No, no, flight school for me was in um, Enterprise, Alabama, Daleville, Alabama, Ah, at Fort Rucker. And there the uh, physical fitness part of it was pretty demanding, they uh, essentially whipped us all into shape. You know, we looked pretty pristine then. <laughs> yeah. And then after you get out to the unit, then for the most part, physical fitness, although it's important, uh, sometimes it just got pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but I, I was a aviator for the Army for, what, about 14 years. Spent part of that time as an instructor pilot. I flew Cobras, gunships, then... Uh, Later on, I went to transition into the Apaches, the Alpha model Apaches. Mm-hmm. And then, seemed like no time later, it's time to retire. Retired in 2002, about the time the uh, global war on terror broke out. Yeah. I called them and I said, you sure you want me to retire? And they said, we got this, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> 20-some years later, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, after that, I found myself uh, working for a... Uh, well, how would you say as a property manager Okay. for about six months, and then I found myself working for the Corps of Engineers as a budget technician. There I found myself behind a desk, you know, eight, eight and a half hours a day. And that's when the wife and I decided it was time to start running mm-hmm. and doing something. Smart move. Both of us, you know, were behind desk yeah. that length of time. So anyway, but after we moved up here, I found myself working at Fort Eustis for a period of time. Yeah, and behind a desk still or as a budget technician. Pretty soon, I found myself out at range control and was the um, range control safety guru, so to speak. Spent about two and a half, three years doing that and then retired from civil service. Oh, yeah. yeah and that saw, saw some activity, but uh, that was right around 2012 when I retired. Mm-hmm. That picture shows me at 2013 i didn't gain all that weight in that one year yeah (laughs) i was pretty heavy when i retired there um and then the period after that it's been you know being a house husband for the most part (laughs) Uh, sometimes being the babysitter you know for the grandchildren yeah and doing karaoke going out things like that until i finally found my way to the uh, gyms starting with uh a um vending machine so to speak mm-hmm. moving to a studio and then finding my way over to coast coastal i have uh interviewed with other gyms and with those interviews oh by the way show us what you got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they have me demonst- uh had me participating in what they did mm-hmm. oh my goodness coastal still still takes it <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad yep. so, so what uh walk us through a typical day in your life like exercise eating yeah, uh, what's a routine yeah, look what's like? Yeah, what's a routine for you? Our basic routine these days is um, I get up at uh, 
Yep. <laughs> Have a cup of coffee. Is that just baked into you from the military? It is. Okay. You know, I, I'm, I'm awake at you know, 3 30, 4 o'clock anyway. Yeah, and that's, that is from the military. <laughs> so I, I get up then, have a cup of coffee, then I change clothes and come on down the coastal, you know, for the 515 class. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, after class, I go home and dry off and I'll slip on my comfy pants and a T-shirt and go get on get in the evil chair and stretch out for about an hour while my wife's going to another studio to exercise. And when she gets home at about well eight thirty, we're uh, I've just about got breakfast prepared. And we have some breakfast, do some crosswords, and while it was warmer, we'd get up and um, go walk. But since it's gotten a little cold outside and breezy, you know we. Our address is Windy Point Drive in Potosi, <laughs> yeah, and I'm here to tell you it lives up to its name. Does it? <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. The wind, man. Yeah, I'm such so, a baby in the cold. We uh, get cleaned up for the day, and then sometimes we'll we'll go shopping. She uh, she likes to sometimes place all the orders online. We drive there, pick it up, and come home. It's kind of like we really need to walk around the store. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. got to force some exercise. <laughs> but uh, anyway. That's pretty much our day, and then at night we'll go out and sing karaoke. Yeah, and uh, you know, we uh, we'll have a few drinks. Occasionally we will eat out. We won't eat supper at home. We'll mm-hmm. eat there. Mm-hmm. We found a new place down here called In the Zone that they have so. greaseless greaseless frying. <laughs> They're using air, air fryers. Fryer. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. And oh my gosh. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that is cool. Where's that at? Um, it's on George Washington Memorial Highway, 17. Yeah. You know where um, Big Lots is? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so okay. it's down in Yorktown? Oh, it's right yeah. over there. Right yeah. right there. Uh, it's right next door to Pet Zone. Okay. Yeah. You know, exactly guy, what you're talking about. The guy who owns Pet Zone started in the zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, anyway. Everything's going to be zone. The zone shop. <laughs> the whole zone, yeah. <laughs> so I'll yeah. check that out. Don't let yeah. them know there's a diet called the zone diet. The zone. Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, let's see, last week I think I got... Um, the fish and chips with a side of broccoli, kind of odd combination, you know, in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> but the broccoli helps, you know, and you got you got to have your greens. Yep, fill you and up. Then the other night I had uh, uh, chicken and chips with a side of broccoli. And, you know, the one thing I, I didn't feel was bloated after eating all that food. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually whenever you eat that greasy food, yeah, it's, mm. you, you feel so bloated. Concentration oh, of yeah. Calories, yeah. It hits so, you hard. I don't know what the calorie concentration is for the air fried stuff, but it, I, I just feel better. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we'll do karaoke. We go out a couple of times a week. What's but your go-to? Go-to song. Oh, go-to song? Oh, come Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Who sings that? Jimmy Buffett. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought he was going to say T-Pain or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No. Okay. Yeah, no, it, you can't it, go wrong with Jimmy, old nah, Jimmy Buffett. Nah, yeah, not at Jimmy all. Jimmy Buffett, that's my go-to song. Yeah. Yeah, and no, there's a few others. Y'all do, like. do you and your wife do like a duet? Y'all got a yeah, go-to we, duet song? We've got a go-to duet. It's called I've Got You, Babe. Mm. Perfect. So classic. That is we, classic. We haven't done that that one in a while, so now that you bring it up, we're going to have to you know, you got to do, do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Karaoke, so. man. My wife, she can sing really well, but she won't do it for me. But my her dad would always tell me just you know you got to get her get her a little drunk and then she'll. she'll Whitney sings really well sing, too. Yeah. But oh. she would never sing in front of people. Yeah. Four, oh. maybe four drinks later. You uh, got you got shoot pool. Uh, not really. I, not really. I know how to shoot pool, yeah. but I can't say I shoot well, pool. <laughs> I, I was gonna say you know one of these Tuesday nights you know we could probably meet up at in mm-hmm. the zone. There we go. Yeah, and um, 
you know, if they're in the in the environment, they're liable to get uh, the nudge to go up there and sing. You're mm-hmm. right. We'll so. have to plan it out. Yeah. You don't want me to sing. <laughs> nah, you don't want me to sing yeah. either. People in the gym hear me sing enough, and it's not good. You know, whenever I was in school for um, vocal training, mm-hmm. it was because I couldn't find a job. One thing I learned, and this kind of applies to just about anything. Now, one thing I learned from my vocal instructor, and she had quoted Estelle Liebling as saying, uh, not everybody can sing, but everybody can be taught to sing better. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, we can teach you to sing. So half of it is just getting up there. Yeah. My wife wouldn't get near a microphone, and I would get up there and sing karaoke. And next thing you know, she tries a song, talks to a few friends, and now I can't keep the mic out of her hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got her going, man. You created a monster. When I'm in my car. Oh, I'm the best. Some of these country songs with the real deep bass, I, yep. can, I can go there. You can feel I good can about it. That. I can go high sometimes. Mm-hmm. But again, that's when I'm in my car by myself that it sounds good. So. Hey, but yeah. they, you hear it on the outside and it's just you like shrieking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always sound better in the shower, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you've got a towel enclosed and glass enclosed shower, mm-hmm. that's the best. The worst <laughs> is when the music's going and you're really getting it and then it cuts off and then you hear yourself and you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. That's the story of my life. Mm. No, you guys, I, you guys have got good voices that uh, you could probably crank out a song. We'd be all right. How do you how do you like to listen to your music at home? Do you have do like I know the old school uh, discs? What do you call them? Record player. Record player. <laughs> no, I we think. don't we don't have those. <laughs> they're like popular now. I they know. are. Yeah, Barry, they're very popular. Barry at the gym, yeah. he collects them. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I used to have that collection too. Mm-hmm. I had the forty fives. You know, with the, mm-hmm. believe it or not, I made my own little record player. I had a couple of record players that didn't work. I was taking electronics in high school, and I just kind of figured out how to read a schematic. You Frankenstein them <laughs> together. Yeah, I did that. Built my own amplifier, a little small amplifier. You ever feel, 45s. You ever feel useless when people tell you stuff like that? Could you? I felt useless <laughs> listening to his life story. And I'm I like, know. what am I going to tell people in 30 years? <laughs> yeah, I've been working at a gym. Well, well, you know, I've been working at a gym yeah. and walking my dog every day. <laughs> well, what are you going to tell folks? You've been influencing people. That's that is true. Oh, oh that is goodness. true. Don't cut yourself short. We are we are you know, good influence. I, I moved from Houston, Texas to uh, Flora, Illinois. Flora population four thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Oh Lord. Yeah, and that was in you know nineteen sixty nine, and oh my goodness, since then I think population has grown to five thousand ten. Wow. So anyway, I walked into the high school as a freshman, halfway through my freshman year, and I sit down and talk with the uh, guidance counselor and she looks at me and says ken i'm looking over your records and you just look like you're an average old joe we're going to put you in the industrial arts program yeah that's a lawsuit bro you can't you oh, can't my, tell someone they're average <laughs> oh my goodness you know i thought well okay i got in the industrial arts program and you know they made me take algebra and folks you know squirm at taking algebra mm-hmm. for the most part well i it just didn't, you know, sink in. But whenever I got into electronics or drafting mm-hmm. or woodworking, that algebra made sense. And I was able to apply it. I wasn't able Dude, to work in yes. the class, but yeah. I, did, I could apply it. Years later, while I'm getting my music degree, <laughs> guess what? Algebra came up. Wow. And next thing you know, I'm down in the library tutoring people how to do algebra. It's funny when <laughs> it's engaging in something you like. Yeah. When I was in college, you know, I have an exercise science degree. Physics, not that it escapes me but one probably wasn't very interesting on its own Mm -hmm. and i failed physics multiple times 
my fault for not doing my homework and studying and but when i hit biomechanics that i mean i got an a in biomechanics it was mm-hmm. interesting it was engaging mm-hmm. i just like aced it and understood it very well because mm-hmm. it was something i was like interested in yep. you know like i love how the human body moves and how the physics applied to it but physics by itself was just nah it yeah. just wasn't there for me so yeah, you, similar you, thing you can tell that you enjoy the bio bio uh, mechanics oh for sure oh well the way the way you demonstrate each one of the moves every morning yeah. you and ben and, you know Kristen. we love it uh, oh yeah it's oh my goodness yeah, yeah. ben's uh, on a whole nother stratosphere yeah ben <laughs> yeah ben <laughs> ben, yeah, ben exists with m- movement yeah it's it's part of him yeah and yeah. his nkt and all that oh yeah yeah he's on a different level but than all of us he was a client mm-hmm. at, f- at first yeah and yeah we noticed he would notice things along those lines mm-hmm. real quick and then once he got uh his certification quit his job <laughs> yeah i've just never seen anyone learn and pick up the anatomy sponge. he absorbs information yeah. so well and i think we've said it before but he's like a freaking sponge like mm-hmm. when he when his mind goes to something it's all in mm-hmm. and he just consumes and learns and then switches that off and then applies it's a it's such an interesting i can't wait till they mm-hmm. dissect his brain with <laughs> in a hundred years <laughs> Yeah, so bottom line, no matter what y'all do, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and we know, and the reality is, uh, th- like, this is a huge generational problem now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, th- and this is what we believe in, you know, in, in the fit- fitness providers. It's um, more in the future, like, I think, in a way, we're going to be part of pre- healthcare, right? And you preventative. Know, there's a long way to go, but because, yeah, you need better gyms and better coaches, but ultimately, it's needs to be tied together. You know, you go to your doctor and get these things, but the correct prescription for a lot of people is like, hey, go be active and eat better. Mm. But our environments work against that, so you're going to mm. need that support and accountability from, you know, coaches, Multiple trainers. people, yeah. So yeah. The gyms are actually the front line of the mm-hmm. uh, health care system for the most part. Absolutely um, agree. Uh, Ace teaches that for yeah. the most part. Yeah, and um, there is a disconnect, though, it seems like. Even though I see uh, job opportunities at Riverside for uh, personal trainers, mm-hmm. uh, group fitness instructors, they, there, there seems to be a revolving door there because they're mm-hmm. constantly advertising. I, I don't understand why. But anyway, I think that the um, gyms might take a step towards the health care if they went and just talked with the doctors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give, give the doctors an opportunity. To, hey, come like, work out with us. Yeah, and earn their respect and mm-hmm. see. That's what we're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, we're working mm-hmm. on that. Um, yeah. You know, that's why we have our program, you know, the way it is and to help fit people better as, as opposed to just like, let's make you as tired as possible and, you know, super raw. Because that's not what we believe is best um, for people. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and yeah, kind of making those relationships. Yeah. And, everything. and if we could integrate it to where it does all work together very well, I mm-hmm. think it would be beneficial and probably will save everybody money in the long run just on a large scale you know if we can prevent a little bit more then you know Mm -hmm. everyone's gonna be more better off and like you know things like diabetes cancer heart disease like how much those cost yearly is astronomical oh yeah Yeah, a lot of folks don't realize that just simply exercising can probably uh, eliminate the need for insulin for the uh, type 2 diabetes yeah yeah, um, it's. I say probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's nuance. No sure bets. But yeah. in general. No, no sure, sure bets. Yeah. But anyway, a lot, then, of, a lot of folks would be a whole lot better off if they exercised. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's 
we're made to do it, right? I mean, and you look at compared to some like a dog, right? If you stick a dog in a cage all day, when he gets out, what's he want to do? He's got all this pent up aggression and or not aggression, energy. Per se, energy. energy. And people are the same way, even yeah. if we don't realize it. We need that outlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The bodies were made to work. You know, I, I think about um, think about one of the individuals we lear- learned of in history. His name is Noah. You know, he was 500 years old whenever he got tasked to build an ark. And he didn't have any children. By the time the ark was finished, 100 years later, uh, he had two sons, I believe it was. And I think about that because they didn't have power tools back then. Yeah. You know, you had to do it the old-fashioned way. I can only only imagine what their bodies looked like Mm -hmm. as far as uh, being in in physical shape. Yeah, you definitely didn't need gyms, you know, you didn't need to replicate. And that, that's what we're trying to really emulate or replace is like that manual labor that we did for, how you know, really up until modern times when mm-hmm. we started to make machinery and things like that. Yeah, we're, we're, we're victims of our own convenience. Mm-hmm. That is part. the human condition yeah. is that we're always striving to improve and make things better and mm-hmm. easier, which mm-hmm. like there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that, but we end up shooting ourselves in the yeah. foot yeah. we end up too comfortable yeah look at the process the evolution of acquiring food right it used to be mm-hmm. at one point you had to walk and gather and hunt and kill and obviously all those things involve a lot of physicality work. Mm-hmm. and then eventually you know we were able to farm and and um you know have animals that that we kind of you know groom to mm-hmm. be food mm-hmm. and but still, there's some labor. Yeah, you oh, got yeah. You know, That's farm intensive. labor and all that, but you, a little more consistency with what to expect. And then eventually we have, you know, the math stuff, which then produces grocery stores to where then it, it kind of evolved to where, well, we just need to, now we have to go at least walk to our car and walk into the store and gather the food and in the store and then go home and cook it. But now, 2021. You could have everything delivered. We're literally <laughs> staring at, you can order food from any restaurant. So any type of food flavor you know, that you can imagine delivered to your door. You mm. never have to step foot outside of your house. Mm-hmm. You would never have to walk more than 50 steps a day and you can have unlimited food. Yep. And that's a with no work being mm-hmm. done. <laughs> and, and, th- and again, remember, this is an evolution, mm-hmm. right? So, well, where are we going to be? Yeah. Is it going to continue down this path from now? You know, like, do you even have to get out of your room? Eventually there's like a tube that just Go just dumps it yeah knows. so it's it's uh yeah. uphill battle yeah there was a song a bunch of years ago called uh in the year 2525 mm-hmm. you know what's it going to be like in 2525 everything we think do or say is going to be in the pill we took today yeah so i mean might, it might be with the food too they yeah. try i mean so. there's you're starting to see some of these like shakes or bot you know and they're like this is all the food like soylent green mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of it it misses the mark well, there's one that's called Just Egg. Just Egg. And, and, and it's like a little bottle of food that's supposed to be like complete nutrition. And the ironic thing is there's no egg <laughs> in, it, in the ingredients. You know, it's all Which is, other stuff. And usually it's, it's a like, bunch of stuff that's just added, right? It's all yeah. been separated or, you know, manufactured. Yep. And then they put it all together, Synthetic the vitamins. vitamins and stuff. And, and it's like, why don't you have... Just an egg. Just an egg? Mm. Weird. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's it's um, comfort, yeah. 
It's, yeah, it sounds like something that uh, scientists and accountants got together and drummed up, you know. <laughs> that, <laughs> the yeah. Chi- the cheapest chemicals. <laughs> yeah, scientists, accountants, businessmen. That, yeah. that tastes good, well, uh, and we'll sell it. And now you hear a lot of the way stuff's pointing is, yeah, we have to recreate our natural environment. And that's where, hey, make sure you are eating these whole foods. Mm-hmm. And even now they're learning a lot about the benefits of, you know, sunlight into our eyeballs being outside and mm-hmm. the benefits of um, ex- different exposures to different elements like yep. cold and, and heat. That we need that stress. Um, that Yeah, it's, it's uh, important for our health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now since yeah, we very easily could just manage to never have to leave our house to make money and to get food, we have to start doing creating things like gyms and uh, saunas and, mm-hmm. and these things so we can work this stuff into our day and, and mm-hmm. have that exposure. Which, and all of it, it's funny, and what people have to accept is all these things literally you're, are creating discomfort, but that's a good thing, right? You yeah, have of, to seek discomfort. Of course, eating leaner protein, higher fiber foods is not as fun and exciting as eating, you know, delicious, highly processed, highly packaged, heightened food. And also, of course, sitting in 68-degree air-conditioned room is more comfortable <laughs> than, than jumping into an ice plunge or, or whatnot. But that's the point is this comfort is starting to be a, a downfall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to put – I think that's – I used to kind of maybe crap on them a little bit for a period. But, like, I kind of understand why people do things like obstacle course racing and things that are hard. It's more of, like, the discomfort of doing something like that, like, is beneficial to you. Now, physically, like – you can get beat yeah. up doing it, whatever. But like, I understand the aspect of putting yourself in a situation that's not comfortable mm-hmm. and why people kind of seek that out. And maybe they don't even know why, but they're like, I feel the drive to do something that's hard. Yeah. And that's very important mm-hmm. for people, just us as human beings to do. All right, Ken. I think, I think we covered a lot. Yeah. And I learned some things. And we always, you know, we're lucky. We talk about environment. You know, we're lucky that our environment is – being able to see guys like you come to the gym and mm-hmm. train and and know, hey, like he's doing the same stuff I'm doing now. You know, that gives us hope and excitement, you know, that what we're doing is is the right track and, and it's motivating. So, you know, we always appreciate that having, you know, having guys like you around. I appreciate sure. uh, being wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's great, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me up here today. Yeah, definitely. Kind of, you know share some of my life story so to speak there's a whole lot more to it but mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> yeah hey i mean we could always have you on again yeah. um any any closing remarks or just anything you want to kind of uh sum up for people or you know any any good yeah. gems for people that may uh may help them you know we are what we consume okay keep that in mind every time you put something you know in your mouth um our environment well, when we're adults, for the most part, and away from home, we're creating most of our own environment, mm-hmm. um, especially whenever we're not in an office, you know, working or something like that. That's another environment altogether. But uh, our own environments, um, if they're healthy, you're going to feel good. If they're not healthy, you're going to feel like crap. And that's, that's just the bottom line. So eat well, sleep well, and be happy. Yeah. Easy well peasy. Said. I love it. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you have any comments or thoughts, 
you can hit us up. Yeah, reach out to us. Social media. We can ask Ken. We see him. Can, Somebody sees yeah. him every day at the gym, even <laughs> if it's not the two of us every day. Just go down to your local karaoke bar. And, <laughs> and you'll find Ken. Maybe you'll run into Ken. Run into him at In The Zone. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you for listening. See ya. Bye. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.